It's been about six months since I started the Bells and Whistles Theater, which is kind of the creative home of this podcast now. It's where I release all the upcoming episodes, extra scenes, and standalone short stories. I'm working on my second short story now. And if you're curious about how things are going with the podcast, if I will keep podcasting, uh, and if I am able to survive as a creator, I have just published a free episode of my In the Wings Behind the Scenes podcast, where I discuss um, how I feel about the Bells and Whistles Theater in the Lesbian Romantic Podcast and its future right now. So if that interests you, go to patreon.com slash lesbianromantic and sign up for free, and you'll have access to that um, episode of my behind-the-scenes podcast. All right, let's get to this episode. This is a listener-funded show, and I want to thank all the listeners who helped make this episode part 10. No? Wait, let me think. Part 11 of Connection Revealed Possible. I'm going to thank you all personally after the show. Welcome to the Lesbian Romantic Podcast. This is Connection Revealed, Part 11. September 21st, 2063. Region 6 of the American Desert, New Mexico, North American Province. 1.35 a.m. local time. We're sitting ducks, Becker growled. The rebels can blow us up whenever they want. We shouldn't have gotten this close to the border. I doubt they'll do that, Jade replied, walking to the back of the pod to double-check if the door was properly locked. It would be too costly for them to harm us. The global army would retaliate. We'd blow up everything they ever built, Becker said, her tone intense. Jade looked at Becker. She was surprised the commander was this tense. An officer this high up the ranks surely had survived worse situations than this one. Why was Becker panicking? We don't even know if it's the rebels we're dealing with, Jade said, intending to sound reassuring. Becker shook her head, visibly annoyed. Who else would it be? Multiple unidentified vehicles approaching. The pod repeated. Yes, I know, Jade said and rolled her eyes. Pod, turn off alerts, please. Becker's eyebrows shot up in surprise. Jade shrugged. It's not like we're getting new information. The alarm stopped. Jade blew out to breath. <sighs> Much better. I need to think. I think they're slowing down, Becker said, pointing at the terminal. Jade joined her and looked at the dots on the screen. Yeah, they stopped. That's good, Becker said. We should probably reach out to them, Jade suggested. Reach out to them? Becker asked, baffled. Yes, find out who they are, Jade said. The terminal isn't telling us much and I can't get a visual. They're hiding behind those rocks. Shouldn't we be able to get more data if these were normal vehicles? Becker asked, looking out of the window. Yeah, unless they're able to mask that information somehow, Jade said, thinking. 
The rebels drive old-fashioned cars, the commander said. No need for masking. It has to be them. Do they? Jade replied, her interest piqued. Becker's eyes cooled, as she said. Don't underestimate them. They're probably heavily armed and brought state-of-the-art technology. Really? Jade asked, unable to hide her surprise. Her heart was racing, but not because she was scared. No, Jade was excited. If it was indeed the rebels out there, she could learn much more about their technology. On a whim, she said, Why would they even be out here? Do they have infrastructure around here too? Becker's mouth opened, then shut again. That is a good question. September 21st, 2063. San Francisco, Fire Blue Territory, North American Province. 2.10 a.m. Local time. Louise entered her code before even sitting down. Her eyes were fixed on the terminal as it loaded the messages. She scanned the list, frowning. She checked it again. Weird, she thought. None of the messages had come from the team on the border. Louise closed the application, restarted it, and entered her code again. The same list appeared on the screen. She fell back on the chair, confused. She had been so sure something was happening with her team. Her spidey sense was rarely wrong, but Al being called out of bed tonight might be a coincidence after all. I don't believe it, Louise thought stubbornly. She opened the network logs. A quick check confirmed that the server park at the border was still operational. It went offline now and then, but that was why Louise had sent her team over there in the first place. Everything seemed to be normal. Except Louise was sure that it couldn't be. She checked her messages again, opening every new one to see if there was a hidden code. Maybe the team thought it was being spied on? Perhaps they were using a covert way to alert her? But there was nothing out of the ordinary. Most messages were automatically generated reports. Only one or two personal messages had come in, and those couldn't be from the team. Louise drummed her fingers on the desk. She could send a message and hope one of her team members was still awake. It was unlikely, but you never knew. If they replied, Louise would know for sure everything was okay. She chewed on her lower lip as she thought. There was no reason for her to contact them in the middle of the night. She didn't want the message to be too alarming. Perhaps if she made it a little bit personal. Louise started typing. Couldn't sleep. Sure miss being out there with you. How's the desert treating you? She stared at her words. It was silly to send this. She deleted the message and tried again. Checking in. Saw some irregularities elsewhere in the network and wanted to make sure everything is as anticipated. Please report status as you can. This message would be a little alarming to the team, Louise knew, but it sure sounded more professional. And she wanted them to reply immediately if they were awake. It was good if they felt some sense of urgency about it. Louise hit send. Okay, she sighed and ran a hand through her hair. Now, all she could do was wait. September 21st, 2063. 
Region 6 of the American Desert, New Mexico, North American Province. 2.30 a.m. local time. We've waited for over an hour now, Turner signed. I say we try to get in touch. Michelle checked the time. It's only been 55 minutes. Turner pointed at the window. They haven't moved. We haven't moved. Someone has to do something here. I have been doing something, Michelle replied, not looking up from her tablet. She reread the old message from Garcia again. Don't you want to know why they're here? The scientist asked, sighing. Michelle met her gaze. I want to get out of here alive first. If they were planning to harm us, surely they would have done so by now, Turner said and gestured at the pot's terminal. But they're just sitting there. For all we know, they're trying to hack our systems, Michelle said, annoyed by the scientist's naivety. Turner shook her head. The pod would have alerted us. We'll make our first move when the time is right, Michelle asserted. Not a minute earlier. Do you think they have body heat detection? Turner asked, peering out of the window again. I would guess so, yes, Michelle sighed, focusing back on her tablet. She was trying to do the math. Suppose the rebels had detected Garcia's hacking immediately. How long would it take them to send a team out here in the desert? So going outside and taking a peek at their vehicles is not an option, Turner mumbled. Michelle looked up, alarmed. Are you out of your mind? Turner shrugged. It's a unique opportunity. This is not a science project, Michelle said, raising her voice. I just keep wondering why they're out here. Turner said, facing Michelle again. What if they're having problems with their infrastructure like we have? What if they know more than we do? Michelle put aside her tablet and got up. Look, she said with as much patience as she could muster. I understand that you're focused on the problem with the cells. Turner arched a suspicious eyebrow. Michelle pressed on. But this is a national security situation now. There are things you don't know, Turner huffed. <laughs> it already was a national security situation. Losing power seems like a pretty big deal to me. Yes, you're right, Michelle said. However, the rebels turning up at the border might not be coincidental. The scientist narrowed her big brown eyes. You mean they might have come looking for us? It's possible. Michelle said, I'm trying to understand what might be going on, but I need you to help me. Okay, how can I help? Turner asked. By giving me a minute to think, Michelle said as kindly as she could. By shutting up, you mean? The scientist asked, clearly offended. Michelle's mouth opened and then shut again. The terminal beeped loudly, announcing an incoming message. They read it together. Whoa, here we go, Turner said breathlessly. September 21st, 2063. San Francisco, Fire Blue Territory, North American Province. 
5.30 a.m. local time. <sighs> Louise woke up with a start for the second time that night. Yikes, she whispered as she straightened and rubbed her neck. She blinked and looked around the office. She was still alone. A glance at the clock told her it was 5.30 in the morning. She must have fallen asleep on the desk while waiting. Louise tapped the terminal screen and entered her code to log in. She hoped there would finally be a message from her team on the border. But there wasn't. She sighed in frustration and winced as the muscles in her neck twitched. Everyone might have been asleep. They'd wake up around this hour, though. If Louise didn't get a reply within the next 30 minutes or so, something had to be going on. She was already debating what to do next. She knew her first step should be to contact her direct superior, the Fire Blue Defense Secretary. The secretary would then contact L about the matter. This always felt a little weird, since Louise talked to L way more often than the secretary did. Louise still had to respect the hierarchy. Chances were that the secretary and L already knew what was going on. Louise possibly was the only one left in the dark. This annoyed her, despite her understanding that this was how things work. Louise checked her messages again. When nothing new appeared on her screen, she refreshed the window. She did this a couple of times, becoming increasingly frustrated. She wanted to know what was going on. Finally, ten minutes and many refreshes later, a message popped up at the top of her list. She gasped as she saw that it was sent by the mission's commander. Louise's eyes rapidly flashed left and right as she read the update. Her cheeks grew increasingly hot as she processed the information sent to her. Louise got up and started pacing around the office after she finished reading. This was part 11 of Connection Revealed. Alright, it's time for this wonderful thing. I get to thank you all personally. And, uh, got a couple of new patrons, so, um, exciting. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Giovanna. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, T. Lynn. Thank you, Travis. Merci, Canadian Cat. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Eyes. Eyes, let me know. Let me know how I have to pronounce that, because I want to do it right. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Carrie Ann. And thank you, Noli. Thank you, Huggins. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Lore. Thank you, Kira. Thank you, Isa. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Carissa. Thank you, Hope. Thank you, Sihem. Merci, Paul. Thank you, Abigail, Laura, and Mackenz. Thank you, Fawn. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Donna. Merci, Johannes. Thank you so much, Belinda, Jamie, and Jenny. Thank you, Zadist. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you, Blue Hoodie. Thank you, Greta. Merci, A. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you, Grizel. Thank you, Juicebray. Thank you, Helene, and thank you, Anna. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Denisa. Thank you, Daisy. Dicke merci, Rosie. Thank you, Sheen Ariel. 
Thank you, Melisandre. Thank you, Madison. Merci, Rhonda. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, PB, Sandy, and Sue. Thank you, Irene. Thank you, Adam, Erica, Ray, and Antonia. Thank you, Sandy, Nairi, Reed, Trinda, and Bella. Merci, Jay. Thank you, Charlie is a good boy. Thank you, Bob, Lori, Ricky, Heidi, and Elle. Thank you, Kat, Sven, Carla, Valerie, Brie, and Matthias. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, The Dash. Thank you, Ariana. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Marie-Hélène. Merci, Ashley. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, Amber. And thank you, Delisa. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Thea. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you, Chicken Nipples. And yeah, that was it. Thank you all. <sighs> so, um, yeah, Connection Concealed is still available as a book on Amazon. If you haven't purchased it and you would like to get a copy, you can find all the links on the website. If you too would like to become a patron and uh, help me to keep going, basically, then you can find all information at lesbianromantic.com support. Mm, what else? Yeah, I'm planning to release Worth the Risk and The Diva Story as a book this year. Um, I've got to make a schedule, so, you know, I get started on it. But it's in the plans. It's coming. What else? Oh, I've released um, a little thing called a sound globe for patrons. And the responses have been wonderful. So I'm working on a second one. And uh, if you want to find out what a sound globe is, yeah, you should go check it out on the website. Of course, you have to be a patron, but that's part of the perks, I guess. Um, but I have been enjoying working on this. I think it's something that is as rewarding or could be as rewarding as the podcast. And it's a completely different type of writing that I get to do and recording. So it's exciting. All right. This is going to be a long after the show part. So I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for spending time with me. It is always a privilege as time is a non-renewable... Uh, I always forget the word when I need it. Resource. A non-renewable resource. And uh, so yeah, I'm honored that you chose to spend this time with me. Thank you so much. And I will see you soon. Bye. <laughs>